0: Hello this is Mike Gettle and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 25th episode of our podcast Beer Baseball and Binds. It's a beautiful day Steve. It's uh, right in the middle of harvest. It's not so good for the Mariners who are they got some mite problems I think.
1: Uh, They've got some some issues no doubt about that but it has been a wonderful season for hops. The uh, the weather has cooperated fabulously here in uh, not only the Yakima Valley, but down in Idaho, and uh, talked to a couple Oregon growers this morning, and uh, they've had some little intermittent uh, uh, rain showers down there, but for the most part, it's been a great uh, season for quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, this cooler weather has allowed the hops to mature in a very orderly fashion, and uh, I've had... A little bit of time to be out in the yard here at Yakima and also down at Sunnyside just kind of trying some bales and wow the quality this year I'm, I'm, oh, I'm very pleased
0: yeah no it's good and it's also this this cool temperature helps all of the workforce too whether they're out on the farm or they're in our processing facilities where you don't have to fight 90 plus heat 90 plus degree heat and you can just go about your job it also helps uh, everybody's spirits and, and makes everything about harvest that much better.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Uh, well, we're very pleased today to have Kevin Carr with us. He's a brewmaster at Community Beer uh, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, welcome to our podcast, Kevin.
2: Thanks uh, for having me. Um, and just a clarification, I'm not the brewmaster. Um, I, I am the founder of Community Beer Company. Well, you're, you're the cheap <laughs> beer drinker then. At least we've got that part, right? <laughs> the chief janitor and, and other things pretty much.
0: Well, how, how did you go about founding Kevin? How did you get started with community beer and, uh, tell us the story of your brewery?
2: Yeah. Um, I, uh, this is my fifth company that I, that I've, um, started. Um, and you know, as I was, uh, doing the other companies before this um, I dabbled a lot in in home brewing got pretty serious for a while and then you know got busy and didn't do it so kind of off and on home brewing and um, you know I was just uh, getting kind of burned out on on software and the specific industry that that uh, we were operating in and just really kind of um, looking for um, opportunities to do something else and uh, the company that I had uh, we had offices Throughout the country, um, you know, parts of the East Coast, and uh, and and we had an office in Denver, and um, that obviously took me to Denver a lot, and uh, we had a lot of customers in Washington and Oregon, and really just fell in love with this this growing craft beer scene that was not existent in in Texas, really, um, say for. A few other breweries, um, certainly not in Dallas. And so every time I'd go on a business trip, I'd extend my stay and drink a lot of beer and learn about <clears throat> these breweries I'd never heard of before previously, and meet these owners and, and brewers. And you know, then I had an epiphany: of, you know, let's let's open a brewery in Dallas. Uh, and at the time, there was really nothing in Dallas proper. And of course, that in five five short years has changed.
0: That uh, and and so you're right in the city itself, right? You're not in uh, you're not in uh, Fort Worth or Arlington or anything like that. Your 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 brewery's right in the city itself, right?
2: Yeah, we're just outside of downtown Dallas, um, directly across the highway from the American Airlines Center, right on the right on the highway.
0: Okay. Been able to get any of your beers onto their uh, to that into the airline yet, or at least into Ranger Stadium?
2: Yeah, we're we're at both of those venues. Um, uh, at the American Airlines center and, uh, the ballpark out in Arlington.
0: Nice. And, and did you, do you grow up in the, the Dallas area?
2: I did. Yeah. Uh, Dallas. Uh, and then, you know, went to high school out in Irving, which is a suburb of Dallas, um, okay. college out in East Texas and then back to Dallas. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a local guy
0: and a, and a long time Texas Rangers fan.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, remember fondly, um, you know, back in the 70s, uh, my dad taken me to the old Arlington Stadium. Um, folks around here, not very many people remember the old Arlington Stadium um, mm-hmm. with the, the metal bleachers and all that. It's a far cry from what they're doing now. But uh, always have been a Rangers fan. Um, have stayed with them through the good and the bad. So, so,
1: so that was the early 70s. That's when they, they moved from uh, Washington. Washington, the old Washington Senators, right?
2: Yeah, um I think that was uh in 72, 73, something like that. Right. Um I was I was 2 and 3 years old at the time. Yeah. Um my memories really kind of start when kind of in the the late 70s, 77, yeah. 78, 79 through
0: the 80s. Yeah, that it's was like, like Frank Howard, wasn't he? Uh was it uh he the manager? Was it uh I'm thinking the, Ted it, Williams was Ted Williams
1: was the Ted Williams, man. yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. been the manager for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That would have been something to play
2: for. Also, uh, Billy Martin, I believe, has spent some time as the Rangers manager. Yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, the Ra- yeah, the Rangers have had a very colorful legacy. Uh, it's a shame, while well, you you know, a couple of years ago, so close in the World Series, but uh, mm-hmm.
1: oh, you know, man. I uh, it's not a good Texas Ranger memory. But uh, I was actually at the Kingdome for a Texas uh, Seattle game when uh, Nolan Ryan pitched his last game. And mm. it was a sad thing. And I love Nolan Ryan. I mean, especially in the Kingdom, you'd go and you'd, uh, you'd actually listen to him pitch because yeah. he would grunt when he'd left go of the ball, and then that pop into the mitt was just something like no other sound you've heard. It's like a shotgun going off. Yep. And uh, in that last game, <laughs> he, he walked three guys on a total of 12 pitches and uh-huh. then gave up a grand slam and just let out this blood-curdling sound, and and his arm was gone, and he put his head down, walked off the field, obviously to a standing ovation because nobody wanted to see Nolan Ryan, even in his uh, mid-40s, leave the game. But uh,
0: what a ball player. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah. They don't make a lot like him anymore. Yep, that's for sure. Well,
0: you know, you wonder. There's so much talk about pitch count now, and keeping guys under control, and uh, trying to manage the careers of the players better than letting them throw. I mean, he was unique in in how long he lasted, how hard he could throw, and how many innings he pitched. But there were there was a there was a young Ranger. I think maybe David Clyde was his name. Yep. Back in the 70s, he was a high school phenom and uh, an example of somebody that came in with. A, looked great and blew his arm out too early right yep. and you guys like that or Kerry wood there's you know even this year uh shohei otani right trying to pitch it's it's tough on the arm we weren't meant to i don't think we we're meant to throw curve balls as human yeah. beings is what it amounts to so
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um and they start at
1: a young age too i think quite frankly that's the issue we've got with felix hernandez right now for the oh, Mariners. Is yeah. yep. he just uh uh, was signed by the club at the age of 16 and was, you know, throwing a couple hundred innings uh, in his teens and through his 20s. And uh, like you said, Mike, those, that human arm isn't uh, made to pitch that hard uh, yeah. for that long.
0: Um, but I did hear, read something someplace, that the, the, the act of throwing a javelin is, is part of our brain development. And part of it was once you learn to throw the javelin, you learn how to hunt and you learn how to hunt. You started eating meat and your brains expanded. So that's why baseball is a, a better sport than some of those sports where you can only use your legs. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hadn't heard that, but it, it makes a lot of sense. So who's your favorite, uh, ranger player right now, Kevin?
2: Uh, well, you know, um, Beltre is always fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd yeah. have to go with him. He's, uh, he's, uh, just a great all-around player and uh, his personality. Um, you know, today's Rangers, um, you know, we talked about the World Series and uh, uh, time in 2010 and 2011. Right. And, you know, those, those, there's so many guys on those rosters that they were just, just you know, so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, today's lineup, you know, has, has obviously changed, as it always does. And, um, you know, obviously the Rangers are kind of in a re- rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these new faces, I'm not really sure of. But if I had yeah. to pick one, yeah, uh,
1: I love uh, Adrian Beltre too. We were, yeah, we were lucky to have him in Seattle for five or six years, and uh, he he's a fun one to watch. He he just can't help but like a guy that that's got that much uh, joy and passion for the game and enjoys himself and actually the rangers now have several former mariners uh shin su chu came up through the mariner organization he, i didn't know that he did yep. okay he did I didn't know that and I then you got uh, doug fister i think he's on the dl right now but he pitched for the mariners for a couple of years and then uh, Giovanni gallardo he uh i think he's on the staff right now for the rangers he was with the uh, mariners as well uh, but
0: uh but Beltre is a definite yeah he should be a first round uh, Hall of famer with that career I think so I really do I would think so yeah I hope so they may still try to bust him for peds you never know but uh, <laughs> he's certainly put in a career you know yeah. so yeah tell we you guys
1: have a young closer Jose Leclerc that I think's moved into a closer role with the Rangers I'm impressed with that guy hmm. uh, Good young closers, got a good uh, fastball, uh, good slider. Um, He, I think, is going to be a good one to have. I think he's got like 50 innings pitched so far and, I don't know, 80, 85 strikeouts. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking forward to see him develop into a top-notch closer.
0: Do you, uh, you know, being in uh, Dallas, do you think of of the Astros and Houston as a natural – Competitor? Or is it more staying within the American League West that you think about as a the competitors for the Rangers?
2: Well, I think historically, I mean, they they were for the longest time
0: uh, in the same division, uh, in the, in the NL. Yeah.
2: And uh, so, not really. Um, but I don't know if you 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 know, but there there seems to be this this odd rivalry between Houston and and Dallas, and and I think I think it is. Um more on the houston side than dallas i see it a lot more in houston i don't know if it's from the old houston Oilers days or Dallas cowboy day i don't yep. i don't know what it's from um but uh you know when the when the a- astros okay. were uh met, having their run last year um i can tell you there was a, there was a lot of fan support here in dallas rooting for the astros which, hmm. which was good to see
0: yep mm-hmm. uh, but, um Kevin, how far are you um, distributing your beer nowadays? Are you um, beyond the state of Texas, or are you staying really focused within uh, within Texas?
2: We're still Texas only. We are distributed statewide, and um, our growth right now—we're still growing in our home market, uh, North Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth area, and, and the surrounding cities um and then you know still still growing a good amount and down in houston and san antonio and other markets so there's there's a lot of a lot more room for us before we start looking at uh, going out of state
0: we're uh we're enjoying your mosaic ipa today it's a it really showcases the mosaic hop it's a great beer kevin uh, if you're not the brewmaster whoever your brewmaster is he's doing a really good job
2: yeah thank you um <clears throat> our brewmaster is uh jamie fulton and um business partner of mine here. And we started this thing together, um, started the process, I guess in 2011. Um, and it was funny, we didn't start with an IPA. Um, uh, we, you know, we had an English ale and we had a pale ale, um, and, uh, a Vienna lager. And, you know, at the time he's like, you know, I make, I make, he, he used to have a brew pub here in Fort Worth. Um, and he racked up a bunch of awards uh, way back when. So he came to us with pedigree, um, and he said, you know, I've got a killer IPA uh, uh, recipe. And at the time, honestly, and I am embarrassed to say this now, I said, well, you know, everybody's doing IPAs. Let's (laughs) let's not necessarily jump on the IPA bandwagon. I know it's the leading style and everything. His words were, trust me, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And on top of that, he said, uh, you know, through you guys, um, I've discovered this new hop, and at the time, that mosaic hop uh, was a number HBC three six nine. Yep. Uh, and he said, "I don't know what it is, um, you know, about it, but I, I really, really think it's going to make a killer IPA." So we did it, and we're thinking about a name. And I said, "Well, we're community, and we're all about, you know, a good community is our pieces of different walks of life." and the hop name is Mosaic, so let's name the beer Mosaic IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never afraid to uh, admit that I'm wrong, and boy, was I wrong on that one. Uh, <laughs> this this uh, suggestion of Jamie's was uh, spot on. It is our flagship beer. Uh, is roughly around 50% of our production and growing uh, its, its footprint throughout the state.
0: It's awesome. a beautiful beer. Steve, maybe tell I'm, I'm curious, what's the history of the Mosaic Hop? How did that come up? I mean, I know the general yeah. process, but any flavor you've got it's, to the story of it's, uh, the development.
1: It's interesting because Mosaic is really our first, literally our first second generation beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mosaic is a daughter of Simcoe. Okay. And uh, so when Simcoe was developed and became popular, we thought, well, let's that's a good mother. Let's let's breed it against uh, uh, some different males, mm-hmm. and uh, Mosaic was one of the early ones. It's it's distinctively different mm-hmm. than uh, Simcoe. Um, again, I, I get kind of a blueberry, pepper, type of uh, flavor and aroma from it, uh, whereas uh, Simcoe's more of that earthy, piney, mm-hmm. citrusy type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the daughter of uh, daughter of Simcoe.
0: Uh, Kevin, have have you and uh, have your team, uh, your partner, um, used Mosaic Cryo hops by any chance? Or are you sticking with the uh, the T ninety so far?
2: Uh, well, absolutely. We're, we're using a lot of that cryo, uh, these days. We're big, big fans. In fact, we, um, Jamie and I both presented down at the, uh, Texas craft Brewers guild, uh, annual education summit. Um, and when we were talking about, you know, there's, there's a session on, on hops. Um, we were, we were pushing, pitching the, uh, the cryo uh, pretty heavily. Um, we're a big fan, uh, just simply from the, the yields we get. Mm-hmm. We also use a hop gun, um, Mm-hmm. that's made by Braukon, mm-hmm. Um, to make sure we're, we're getting, you know, every bit of goodness from what we put in there. Um, but, yeah, we, we use uh, a blend. Uh, in Mosaic, we use a blend of the T90 and Cryo.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's some other hops in there, too, um, but Mosaic's obviously the dominant one. Um, and the Yeser that we sent you, the Yeser Pale Ale, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. also, it, it's got Lemon Drop and Eureka and Citra, but we, we throw some Mosaic Cryo in there. And we this is our, I believe, third year to do the Yeser Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that addition of, of that Mosaic Cryo has has really kind of elevated this even more, and it's probably the best the best uh, batch of, of this Yeser Pale Ale we've done.
0: I think so, we're... Yeah,
2: big fans of that. No, it's... it's,
0: <laughs> it's, it's uh, Mosaic uh, cryo is slightly outselling our Citra cryo. Those are the two big ones so far in terms of the demand. And I think, mm-hmm. just what you're saying, what you and Jamie have discovered is that it's really got some unique characteristics to, to put in with other blends of, of hops. And uh, it's it's just a it's a good it's a new variation of the old standard mosaic by doing the cryo the way it's uh, processed. So it's good to hear you you're enjoying it.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't get on the brew deck. Um, you know, Jamie and his team do that. Um, I'm involved in pretty much every area of the business and even some production stuff. And, and, you know, obviously in those decisions, but including in that is, is, you know, the business side and the finance and, you know, just, Outside of, of what you get in the beer, the, the end results, I mean, just the economics of it is is something that it didn't it didn't it took me one conversation to be sold. I'm like, let's do it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel good about it, let's do it. And uh, yeah, we we've really enjoyed the, the cryo.
0: Do you mind if I ask you what uh, what sort of yield pickup you're getting by using cryo in your in your uh, in your average recipe?
2: Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> we are getting uh, a reduction in our um, Hot bill 15 20 percent. Yep, pretty substantial. Um, and it doesn't mean we're buying you know less hops. You know, as a result, it just allows us to make more beer. Yes, exactly. And, and so yep. everybody wins. You know, yeah.
0: well, we've talked a lot about mosaic and the aroma it, it provides, and some some of it is on uh, you. Know, but it really is also sustainable. I mean, we can put less land into growing hops, which is always a concern. Uh, as demand grows in general, so glad glad to hear it.
1: Less land, less packaging cost, and less waste. Less shipping. Yep, yep.
0: all of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, you guys have done well with that. We're, we're we're glad to use it, and we'll use it some more as long as we can.
0: Good to hear. And, and, I mean, I'm, we're also extreme. I mean, we love the, even the name community beer. We f- really feel like we're part of a community between growers and brewers, but, uh, that's always been a part of our great enjoyment of going out and meeting our, our brewing customers is to see them very active in the local community where they're, they're brewing and the people are working and the people are drinking. Uh, tell us a little bit about your neighborhood and, and what you guys are doing within that community in, in Dallas.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I, I named the, the the brewery community um, for a number of reasons. I mean, um, you know, one, obviously, is is when you make beer, you're making a communal product. Um, you know, beer, historically, has always been a part of family and friends and, you know, celebrations, um, you know, and just, just uh, um, kind of enjoying uh, other people's company. Um, we have a central location here in Dallas, and so... Um, we do a lot in our facility. We've got a, a, a really big facility. Our tap room is, you know, uh, over 7,000 square feet. Mm. Um, obviously we do stuff in the tap room. We have uh, Saturday open house and tours, which get, you know, hundreds of people out upwards of six, 700 people at times. Um, and we do a lot of, uh, like art shows and, and, you know, yoga and we got a cycling group that's 200 strong. Um that we do monthly rides and we ride in charitable rides. Uh, We host charitable events. Um, So we're doing a lot to kind of really bring the community together and and in those open houses. It's really, I love walking through because you see every walk of life, all backgrounds, uh, ethnicities, families, single, uh, young, old, professionals, you know, just all walks of life. That's really what we're about. But then we have this charitable uh, aspect of what we do. Um, we we have our own charity that we've set up called the Greater Good, um, and we've done projects to you know um, make you know uh, take-home bags or, or, or uh, for you know those that are you know impoverished. Um, we've we've given you know food to the homeless, particularly children uh, uh, that are homeless. Um, We've done. Uh, we've helped the uh, the Deaf Action Center uh, to help uh, Deaf people in our community, uh, as well as uh, senior citizens that are Deaf. Um, my background, you know, my family, my mother and father were Deaf, and my grandparents were Deaf as well. So, um, you know, sign language was my first language. So, it's that's something that's near and dear to my heart. And then we talked about Houston. And, you know, when when Harvey hit Houston, um, we we gathered up some of our fans, some of our uh, people who follow us, and we bought a bunch of equipment and loaded up trucks and went down to Houston uh, five different times and helped um, these families muck out their homes um, and start rebuilding their homes. We, you know, By the time we kind of wrapped things up down there, we were hanging drywall for folks. So, yeah, community is, is something that uh, you know I've always wanted to do. If you've got a platform that people pay attention to, which, which beer does, uh, have that uh, use that platform to to give back uh, and we do that as, as much as we can throughout the state
1: sounds like it's not just a name it's it's a way you do business and uh very impressive
0: uh, real nice to hear kevin oh that's fantastic all of it's just wonderful well kevin we just loved uh, talking with you today you're making great beer and uh and also just really enjoyed hearing you Talk about what you're doing as an organization within your community. Uh, you know, we we really wish you the best, and uh, you're making great beer. We wish you the best with your organization and uh, and going forward. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today.
2: Well, thanks for having me, and uh, Jamie and some of his uh, head brewers will be uh, seeing you guys soon. Awesome. Uh, selection.
0: Yeah, that's what Spencer uh, said. Uh, He's you know our, our local sales manager Spencer said he loves dealing with you guys. So. Uh, You'll be up in the next week or the week after, and uh, we'll make sure we get together and uh, shake Jamie's hand.
2: Yep.
1: So, yep, Kevin, Kevin, whether you're making beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but great hops.
2: Thank you, and uh appreciate all you guys are doing, doing all good right. stuff out there. Thank Thanks, you. you too. Yeah, cheers.
0: Cheers. So we've got uh, this morning, Steve. I looked. We've got about 36 uh, percent of the our expected hops into our facilities, but I guess we must be out on the fields over 50 percent harvested so far. Yeah, our
1: Oregon guys are a little over 50 percent. Uh, they start a little bit earlier than we do, and uh, they should be wrapping up towards the end of next week. Most of the growers down there, but here I've been out and about talking to growers. I would say that most growers feel like on an acreage basis they're halfway through mm-hmm. um, on a volume basis because some of the uh, higher alpha hops yield a little bit better um, there's a volume yep. yet to pick but uh, um, yeah it's like I said earlier it looks like a really nice uh, quality crop out there uh, I think uh, most growers have been a bit disappointed in uh, simcoe and uh, centennial yields Yep. But the quality's there. Uh, we've just started picking the citric crop. Um, it uh, remains to be seen if the uh, the uh, yields will uh, translate into what looks to be a good crop out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I know that's that's our number one variety now, and there's a reason it's number one. It's because our brewer customers like that hop, and right. uh, I think we can assure them that there's going to be uh, enough citra to to brew beer this year, and uh, the quality is going to be outstanding. So.
0: That's the most important one is the quality is good. So. Yep. We've had uh, our first uh, selection customers start coming in this week, and, uh, yeah, as you said, they've been very pleased with the quality um, overall. Next week we really start having a number of brewers coming in. It's going to get yep. real busy, so um, it's the best time of year. It's the worst time of year and best time of year.
1: That's right. Uh, it's, it's a fun time of year, something I can look forward to. All right. Well, thank you very much. See you next time. See you guys.